Welcome to Adventures in the Kitchen, sponsored in part by Christy Kirkpatrick, a realtor serving Southern California. My name is Sherry Liefeld, and I'm glad to have you join us. Here at Adventures in the Kitchen, we celebrate life around the table. It's a show about food, faith, and family. Go to adventuresinthekitchen.com for weekly giveaways, recipes, and information on having a cooking party for kids or adults. That's adventuresinthekitchen.com. Welcome to Adventures in the Kitchen. Today we have a great show. We're going to be talking to Donna Jones about manners and her book, Taming Your Family Zoo. And then for the community table, we'll be talking to Judy Stoner. Uh, She has a nonprofit called Beautiful Mess. Don't you just love that name? And uh, where they serve food for the homeless each week. I also want to invite you to join me at Biola Weekend on October 14th and 15th. I'm going to be there doing cooking demonstrations and handing out some tasty fall treats. I would really love to meet you, so go to biola.edu for more information. So today we're talking about Taming Your Family Zoo with Donna Jones. Donna is a sought-after national speaker who has inspired women for over 18 years. Uh, In addition to her weekly teaching ministry at her home church, Crossline Community, uh, Donna is uh, the national Hearts at Home speaker and a club mom expert. Her latest book, Taming Your Family Zoo, Six Weeks to Raising a Well-Mannered Child, uh, was the featured book of the week on the Dr. Laura Show. Here at Adventures in the Kitchen, when it comes to eating as a family, for some, the adventure seems monumental. Is it really that important to eat together as a family? Oh, great question. You know what? It can seem monumental, (laughs) especially in our busy society when the kids are running in and out and they've got soccer practice and dance lessons and, uh, you know, homework and all kinds of activities. But it really is that important to eat together. And that's why I love your show, because it's all about, uh, you know, kind of honing in on the kitchen. But... Studies are just overwhelming in terms of the research of benefits for kids who actually, and actually parents as well, who eat together as a family. They are. I mean, it's just really astounding. Uh, like the, they do less drugs, mm-hmm. less sex. They do better in school. Exactly. Uh, just it's just such a great place to um, build the family relationships, and also just I think part of what we also talk about is like using it to reach out to others as well. Yes, yes. Where you can have people in your home and, yeah. and those sorts of things. Yes. And really share our faith just by, um, you know, inviting friends in and, and sharing a meal with them. So in your book, Taming Your Family Zoo, you discuss ways to teach kids good table manners. So is there a way to do this without being the nagging parent? (laughs) That is the question of the day, isn't it? Because, of course, as parents, we care about our kids' manners. And truthfully, our kids don't really care that much. they don't. At least unless we can express to them the whys behind good manners. Um, But again, studies show that when we teach our kids good manners, we're really setting them up for success. Because kids with good manners, people... Adults with good manners are perceived better by their peers, by uh, those around them. And then also good manners is really just a function of being kind and and considerate to other people. I mean, that's really the basis of good manners. It's kind of what Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the basis of all good manners. So it's not really just about, you know, where does the fork go or where does the knife go? It's really about teaching our kids and ourselves about being kind and considerate. So uh, 
I think your kids are grown up now, but so what did the table look like when you were, your kids were, were little? Well, how, they're how still at you... home. They're still at home. So, oh, so you still, yeah, yeah. Never too old. No, never too <laughs> old. That's for sure. Um, you know, this is a challenge and there is not a parent on the planet that wouldn't resonate with the fact that teaching your kids good manners is a challenge, whether you have a toddler that's, you know, crawling off the seat or not <laughs> staying in their high chair or throwing food all over the place, or you have a teenager that is chewing with their mouth open, uh, putting their elbows on the table, playing with their iPad, playing exactly, into the table. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a challenge. So the question then becomes, okay, how do you in real life teach them manners? So what are some practical tips? Well, first of all, you make manners fun. And um, you express, especially to a child who's a little bit older that can understand the benefits. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, if you have a child that's constantly chewing with their mouth open, uh, you know, you might say, hey, is there a kid in the class that is just the gross kid in your class? Oh, that's a good idea. And inevitably, there always is. There's always that one there kid is. that nobody wants to sit across from. <laughs> you don't want to be that you kid. You don't want to be that kid. That's exactly right. So you kind of appeal to what's important to them. And then you express how this particular good manner that you're working on is going to benefit them. Okay. What about, so what is the worst offender, like in terms of, uh, or maybe even a better way to ask it is like, what's the most common offender manner-wise that you see? Ooh, good question. Well, I think it, it depends on the age. I think if you have a younger child, the most common offender is a child not being able to uh, sit still. Yeah, that's true. During dinner. You know, that's yeah, hard because wiggling. they're little. Yes, 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 yes. Um, that's a tough one. So, you know, if that's the case, you have to make your dinner hours reasonable, mm -hmm. but you also have to make your expectations clear. Um, sometimes when we're teaching our kids manners, we, as parents, will say things like, um, be nice or uh, you know, what does that mean to a yeah, child? What does that mean? You have to be very, very specific. So, you know, we need to say things like, okay, I need you to sit with your bottom on the chair <laughs> for the next five minutes. You know, that's just make it simple and easy and very clear. I think for an older child, probably the chewing with the mouth open, yeah. elbows on the table, iPad, those kinds of things are more. And again, instead of, of being vague and just saying, I need you to have good table manners, be specific. And okay, no iPads at the table. No iPhones at the table. Yeah. Or, uh, you know. That. Well, we're going to be right back, and we're going to be uh, talking to Donna Jones here on Adventures in the Kitchen on 99.5 KKLA. Uh, we'll be back to talk about more manners. One more time. Yeah. Uh, kind of. So we'll be right back with more from Donna Jones about Taming Your Family Zoo. You're listening to KKLA. You're listening to Adventures in the Kitchen on KKLA 99.5. Hi, I'm Christy Kirkpatrick, and as a realtor, I know a possible home foreclosure is nothing you've ever dreamed of, and it's overwhelming. You're not alone in this. Many homeowners have opted for a short sale over a bank foreclosure. In a short sale, the bank allows you to sell your home for less than you owe. The impact on your credit is less significant than a foreclosure. 
Plus, in most cases, new California legislation prevents the bank from requiring you to repay the difference between what you sold the home for and what you owe. And the bank may even assist you with moving expenses. As a certified distressed property expert, I'm well versed in the fine print of closing short sales. So stop the worry and start fresh. See if a short sale is the right option for you by calling 1-800-349-0941. That's 1-800-349-0941. DRE license number 01506966. Last week I saw Noah being dropped off by his foster mom. I hadn't seen him all summer because my family was gone most of it. It was great to see him. I told him some of the cool things I did this summer. He had a cool summer too. He told me he got adopted. I came back to school with a new t-shirt I got in Chicago. Noah came back with a new last name. To request an information packet on foster parenting or adopting waiting children, log on to olivecrest.org or call 800-74-FOSTER. If you call today, in just five months, you could be caring for a foster child who's been waiting for a family. We'll gladly meet with you in your home to tell you more about our program. Let us help you change a child's life forever. Log on to olivecrest.org or call 800-74-FOSTER, 800-74-F-O-S-T-E-R. Call 800-74-FOSTER. Call today in just five months, you could be caring for a foster child who's been waiting for a family. Log on to olivecrest.org. Call 800-74-FOSTER, 800-74-F-O-S-T-E-R. Welcome back to Adventures in the Kitchen on KKLA 99.5. Remember to go to adventuresinthekitchen.com for recipes, table talk, and uh, learn about the cooking lessons that you can have in your house. You can invite me in, uh, pick a menu, have over some of your friends, and have a fun night. I'll teach you how to cook the meal, and then you get to enjoy it. That's adventuresinthekitchen.com. So we're back with Donna Jones, and we've been talking about her book, Taming Your Family Zoo, uh, which is all about uh, teaching your children manners in six weeks. And so what is one, for the people that are listening out there today, what's like one really fun, practical thing that they could implement even this week at their table? Oh, such a great question. Uh, well, I find that kids really like to be involved in um, setting the table if you make it fun. And this is kind of a key in terms of table manners because, as we all know, as adults, we've gone to events like weddings or maybe a corporate event, and we've seen a formal table set. And we sit down and we think to ourselves, hmm, now are my glasses on the right or in the left? Is my salad plate on the right or is it on the left? And we have to admit, we don't know sometimes. We don't. And I think when you're saying that, I think about that pretty woman scene where she's uh, at the table, like flinging meat across, trying <laughs> exactly. to use her little fork. And she doesn't understand what she's never seen a table like that before. Exactly. And although obviously we're not going to be setting our table like that every night at no. dinner, it's fun just one time to do that and to show your kids this is what a formal table looks like. You don't even have to use your china. I mean, you could just use your everyday plates or even paper plates. Yeah, but just as, make extra plates right. and the extra spoons and forks. Exactly, so that they at least know where everything goes. Now, so what kind of a meal would you serve if you were going to do that? Because you need courses to go along with yes, all those plates. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Of course, you would need uh, a main course, you know, which would be your, you know, your meat, your vegetables. Mm -hmm. 
vegetable, mm-hmm. um, you know, those sorts of things. You would need a, a salad that would go on your salad plate. You would need a, a dinner roll that would go on the bread plate. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, you would, you know, you could serve um, sparkling cider and water. So you could use both you know, glasses. That's right. Use both glasses. Uh, you could serve a soup so that you could have a soup course if you'd like. That's not necessary, but that would be kind of fun. And they could even do like your favorite canned soup. It doesn't have to be from scratch. That's so exactly if you're all right. thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have time to make all these courses, you know, salad in a bag. Uh, you know, there's a lot of shortcuts that you can do Absolutely. to making this happen. And the kids would really have fun because they like, I know that uh, my niece and nephews love Sometimes when we've got, my aunt does these elaborate, beautiful settings at Christmas and at at the holidays, and they go and stand and check it all out. And, um, you know, she always puts up like those crackers at Christmas, you know, those popper, those things full of little. Oh, yes. um, They love that. And if we were moving, we moved Christmas Eve once to another house and they're like, well, are we going to have that stuff still? (laughs) Uh, They get used to that. And they do. They do like it. It's part of tradition. Even if it's not their daily they do like that getting dressed up and exactly. that sense of formal once in a while. Exactly. And so then it's, you know, if you, if you bring your kids in on this and you're setting the table like this, then it's easy to teach them, okay, glasses are always on the right because most people are right-handed, which means if your glasses are always on the right, then your plates, your salad plate and your uh, bread plate, they're always on your left. That's a great way to think about it. And as you're setting the table in terms of your silverware, the knives and the spoons are always on the right because those have five letters. uh, K-N-I-F-E-S-P-O-O-N, as does the word right, R-I-G-H-T. So they all have five letters. So you can remember um, that goes on the right. And then the forks go on the left. That has four letters, as does the word left. Wow. Okay. So an easy never... way to teach your kids where the knives, spoons, and forks go. Oh, I have to remember that. And isn't it um, that you start, you always start outside and work in Correct. on you the s- silverware? That's right. That's right. So even if there's so many forks, so many knives, so many spoons you've never seen uh, in your life, you just start from the outside and you work in and it goes course by course by course. And of course, any silverware that's above your entree plate would be for your dessert. Now, so so being brought up this way, uh, do your kids notice when they go out other people that might not have been brought up with the same manners? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I have a daughter in a high school who went to uh, her athletic banquet, and the girls sat separately from the parents, and we got back in the car, and she actually commented to me, Mom... <laughs> I couldn't believe like half the girls didn't even know how to cut their meat. And you know, when you think about it, we're such a fast food society that probably a lot of parents haven't really shown your child that you don't hold um, a steak knife like it's a weapon, you know, <laughs> <laughs> up in your, your little fist around that's it. That's <laughs> right. That's right. And so, you know, these things are important to teach because uh, they, they either represent our children well or not so well. If they have good manners. And I think that, you know, what you, to come back to what you said at the beginning, that really well-behaved children, people want to be around Mm -hmm. well-behaved children, and even as they grow up. And so that is kind of an entry, even just in the younger ages, to other other parents not wanting to be around people's children if they aren't well-mannered, or, and it really can set the tone for your social life going forward, um, 
in terms of the need for good manners absolutely. and how it will affect the rest of your life as adults. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody likes to be about, around someone who has good manners. That's true. Okay. We could talk forever about this, but we are running out of time. So thank you so much for being on. And I would encourage all of you, whether you have kids or not, to revisit your manners through Taming Your Family Zoo. Maybe you're an aunt and you, uh, you can get it for your family or, or parents or grandparents. So you can go to DonnaJones.org where you can find out about that and her other uh, projects and even book her to speak. That's DonnaJones.org. We'll be right back. You're listening to Adventures in the Kitchen, 99.5 KKLA. What is it about home centers, buffet lines, and the mall that everybody loves? It's the variety. And if you love variety, you'll love Biola. We've got just the weekend for you, and it's just around the corner. Biola Weekend is Friday and Saturday, October 14th and 15th, and you can go to biola.edu for more information. This blowout student alumni and family weekend is the merging of two favorite Biola events, Parent and Family Weekend and Alumni Homecoming. Together, these events are sure to create one giant open house celebration for the entire Biola community. The T3 Alumni Speaker Forum will feature an alumna from Norway who is the court scientist to the Queen of Norway and a business innovation alum from Washington, D.C. The highlight will be a 5K walk that President Corey is challenging anyone to beat him. So don't miss it. We want all Biola lovers in attendance. Go to www.biola.edu for more information. Last week I saw Noah being dropped off by his foster mom. I hadn't seen him all summer because my family was gone most of it. It was great to see him. I told him some of the cool things I did this summer. He had a cool summer too. He told me he got adopted. I came back to school with a new t-shirt I got in Chicago. Noah came back with a new last name. To request an information packet on foster parenting or adopting waiting children, log on to olivecrest.org or call 800-74-FOSTER. If you call today, in just five months, you could be caring for a foster child who's been waiting for a family. We'll gladly meet with you in your home to tell you more about our program. Let us help you change a child's life forever. Log on to olivecrest.org or call 800-74-FOSTER, 800-74-F-O-S-T-E-R. Call 800-74-FOSTER. Call today in just five months, you could be caring for a foster child who's been waiting for a family. Log on to olivecrest.org. Call 800-74-FOSTER, 800-74-F-O-S-T-E-R. Welcome back to Adventures in the Kitchen on KKLA 99.5. The Community Table is brought to you by Olive Crest. Today we're joined by Judy Stoner uh, from Beautiful Mess. It's a ministry that provides food for the homeless. Hi, Judy. Hi. So tell us, uh, tell us about Beautiful Mess and how you got started. My husband and his friend Scott had been serving in L.A., homeless, hungry, needy people, on Skid Row for years, for a few years. And they have a real passion for the homeless and needy and people struggling usually with drug and alcohol issues. Mm -hmm. In fact, Dan and Scott both had a time in their life when they also um, experienced that kind of struggle and that kind of despair. So their hearts are truly bent towards people struggling in this uh. way and they relate really well to them. And um, so, so they were looking for a way to serve in Orange County and they discovered 
a place called Mary's Kitchen that's been operating uh, for years here in Orange. And they started volunteering and ended up being responsible for the whole Saturday feeding. <laughs> Which is Saturday. big. That's yeah. a big, big job. Yeah. So um, what actually is Beautiful Mess? What actually do you do now? Well, Beautiful Mess is the Saturday ministry that serves um, the homeless down at, at Mary's Kitchen. And what we do is we cook meals for that first Saturday that Dan and Scott came home and told their wives, myself <laughs> and my friend Debbie, that we, were, we needed to cook for some homeless people. We served 60 people, and wow. now, four years later, we um, cook and serve up to 150 people. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and in the beginning, it was just our two families, our kids, our parents, our aunts, anyone who, who would come and help us, and it's grown <laughs> from there. So it's two guys following their heart and getting everybody they know involved. So you don't do it all alone anymore, right? You've recruited some help. Oh, yes. We have a lot of a lot of interest and a lot of ways to help. We've partnered with um, Friends Church in Yorba Linda who sends us many volunteers. So what do they, so if somebody wanted to uh, come and help, I know that one of the ways you encourage is that small groups do it, right? Together? Yeah, yeah. hold a cooking party. Debbie and I like to cook, so we get, we get to do what we love to do, but for a reason and for a purpose. And we found out it was kind of fun to get together and cook, so we started inviting friends to join in, and so it's a real party, and we've been talking about a lot and encouraging other people, people to gather their friends or small groups and get together and cook, and through our partnership again with friends in Yorba Linda, we have um, a few small groups and men's groups that regularly hold cooking parties and prepare the entree for our beautiful mess ministry on Saturdays. So that's great. So people could just, I mean, what a great way to serve in our community. You can gather your friends that you're already going to hang out with right? and just um, talk to Judy and get a rest. You know, she can set you up with recipes and have an evening of fun. I mean, it's so much fun just to cook together. And then what a blessing you're going to be to uh, the people uh, d downtown. And um, I think it's a lot of it's in Santa Ana and in Orange. And It's in Orange um, is where we do the serving. And when we get people interested in helping in this way, Debbie and I provide the recipes and the guidance and anything else needed to get people started um, to prepare an entree for that many people. It's, it's kind of tricky, but it's not hard. I mean, no. if we can do it, anyone can do it. I remember that your philosophy from the beginning has been that you will not serve them food that you would not serve at your own table. Yes, we serve um, what we would serve our own family, good, tasty, fresh, generous, high-quality food. Um, you know, the food is what their body needs. The personal touch, the friendship, the love that goes into it is what they really crave. Oh, and the food yeah. is an important and vital vehicle to show them that they really matter and that we love them. And um, that you care. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same love that Christ shows all of us. Thank you so much for joining us. If you are interested in doing it, even if you aren't in Orange County, call and talk to Judy and find out how you could do it in your own community. You can go to friendschurchyl.com. And I will have this on my link as well as 
a website called Joy Squared that is going to give you beautiful stories uh, from this ministry and the people that have their lives have been touched by this. So thank you, Judy. Just a reminder, I'm going to be at Biola Weekend, October 14th and 15th, with cooking demonstrations, and I'll be handing out Tasty Fall treats. So I would love to see you there. Go to biola.edu for more information. Don't forget to go to Adventures in the Kitchen for links to both Donna Jones' website and Beautiful Mess, uh, where you can contact Judy Stoner. You can also, while you're there, get recipes. I have a lot of fall recipes up right now. And sign up for the monthly Adventures in the Kitchen newsletter. Uh, Also visit us on Facebook. We'd love to have you join us over there. So thank you for joining us today at Adventures in the Kitchen, where food, faith, and family gather. 